Hello and welcome to the table. My name is Donna Patton and I have Janae Seabarth and Linda Paulus sitting with me at the table today. And we want to welcome you to this episode. How are you doing, Linda? I'm doing well. First time on a podcast. First time. We'll see how I do. <laughs> You're doing well so far. Thank you. So, how are you doing, Janae? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a month. I feel like we haven't been on in a while. And I think as parents, you understand how life kind of gets away from you. And you just have to roll with the punches, even if it's not what you had planned. But you give yourself grace and you move on. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I missed it. So uh, hopefully our listeners missed it also, and that's a good thing. But today we're, um, again, kind of deviating from our scheduled uh, discussion, and we want to have a a talk about um, a hard topic. Yes? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to talk about hard topics, so going into it, it's kind of like... All right, we can do this, but I think it is really necessary and important, especially as we go into the world and we see and work with kids on various levels of different ages. Yeah, um, basically where we're kind of camping today is we're talking a little bit about um, the events that took place in Uvalde, Texas um, last week, and um, even since then, there's there's been more... Um, terrible things that have happened in our world, especially around um, gun violence. And um, I definitely don't want to get into the weeds of the political piece of that. But I think there's a reality of we. this is a hard thing to help our, our kids navigate. I couldn't have imagined as a parent having to navigate these waters. Um, so that's a little bit uh, definitely why we, we asked Linda to join us today. Linda, you're a second grade teacher. I teach second grade. I am a mom, and I'm also um, a grandmother to some young grandchildren. So How many a, years have you been teaching? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great answer, and we'll let that go. Um, so, uh, Linda, um, you definitely have had to uh, navigate hard conversations in your class before you've you've mainly taught second grade correct mostly yeah um how do you approach hard topics when i'm talking uh, with kids at school as a teacher i have to be really sensitive to uh, where they're at and so we i think about just kind of getting a a feel for what's on their mind. And I might use those words and I might say, what are you guys thinking about? Uh, What's on your mind today? Which are questions I ask them often, even when there's not something that we're responding to in the world, um, because that's how they share. And that's how I generate prayer requests for when we pray together Mm -hmm. in the classroom, which we do every day. So um, when we talk about hard topics and I ask them those kinds of questions, they will oftentimes, they will share, well, I'm wondering about this, or I heard this. I heard um, this on the news, or I heard my parents say, or I heard friends talk about it, and we kind of go from there. Now, that's got to be a little bit challenging, because let's say you've got Donna in your class, and you've got Janae in your class, and Donna is very privy. Her parents let her sit in front of the TV and, and watch or look at social media or parents are having, my parents are having a conversation about it at the dinner table. 
Janae, maybe there's more filters in place. How do you have these conversations understanding you've got kids from all different places? Well, I see my position as not offering them information. I feel like I, that's how I respect their um, home climate. And so I approach it from other things that you're wondering about. And I go from there. And s- some kids are exposed to a lot more than other kids. And they um, are wondering about lots of things. There are some kids who have been exposed to a lot more who, who don't. Um, have anything to share because some of them are functioning on overload. So Linda, what does that mean that they're functioning on overload? To me, it means that they've been in a position to take in a lot more than they're ready for at the time or maybe ready for at their particular developmental age. And because I teach primaries, um, I'm aware of those kinds of things and want to to help them only have to internalize as much as they're ready for and not anything more, which is why I like to let them direct the conversation Mm -hmm. and I try to get from them what they're thinking about so I can give them what they really want to know and not give them too much information because it's they have stress like we do when we get saturated and we have Mm -hmm. too much information, um, we're distracted, Sometimes are restless. Sometimes it's more dramatic than that. We don't sleep well. It's the same for kids. So I want to look at this two parts of this. One is, you know, the parents that are listening aren't necessarily having to balance a class of 20. They've got one or two kids that right now might be exposed to this. Um, how do you encourage them to talk to their kids? Um, what do you, what do you as, as you speak to them as parents... How should they approach it? I think the first thing I would do is reflect on how much exposure that they've had because sometimes they walk into the room and you've I've had the TV on or you've had the TV on and and you realize that there's some things that, that they heard that, that you just really want to help them to digest or set aside because it is too much for them. So I would ask them if if I know that they're aware already or I have we have talked before I would ask them are there things that are on your mind and that you want to ask me about related to the things that were on the news or the things that we talked about before I still think it's important to go where they're at and not just keep offering explanations yeah, I, I remember when my son was in your class and there was a situation that came up and I, I asked you, how do I talk to him? And you said, make sure you give him what he's ready for and, and let him kind of guide it with his questions. Because you're, you're right, we as parents tend to, I want to give you this and I want to give you this and this and this. And it's, again, too much for them, right? Yeah, and I, I guess it depends on on your, the personality of you as a parent too, but as a parent, I was tended to overexplain. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted them to to feel like we could talk about anything. Next thing I know, like we're way into it, and yeah. that's not really where I wanted to go. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, okay. What else? How else do we know that they're ready? You said uh, to make sure that you reflect. What else? I think time and opportunity um, for them to. Ask questions. Yeah. 
sometimes they won't ask questions when you bring up the conversation and ask them, what, are you wondering anything about this? That's not when they want to talk about it. They might want to talk about it another time. One of my daughters always wanted to talk at bedtime. And she was busy with other things during the day. And I could I could bring up whatever I wanted to, but I couldn't create the moment she needed to create it. Mm-hmm. And just because she didn't talk about it when I brought it up doesn't mean she didn't have a need to talk about it, but she would do it later. Yeah, car time dinner time, bedtime, those times when there is a little bit of silence, but also not much else to do but have that conversation, right? I think some something that comes to mind with this too is being aware of the habits of children. And when you see maybe a change in their behavior or they're not sleeping well, or they're a little bit more perturbed, like I feel like kids pick up a lot on our emotions and they don't know how to handle it and so a lot of times they'll act out a little differently just because they're not sure how to they can get really quiet yes so kind of knowing your child to know when it's like they might be struggling to understand and comprehend maybe they're not ready to talk but knowing like not to leave it alone but to kind of be looking for opportunities for them to bring up the conversation. So Janae brought up a really good point, Linda, um, our emotions. So I really haven't been able to have a full conversation about Uvalde and what happened in the school um, without some tears myself. I become very emotional. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's a hard topic. Um, is it okay for our kids to see those emotions? Is it all right for them to see us cry about it, have a hard time answering questions? I always wanted to be prepared as a parent so that, in a sense, they don't um, panic by seeing my emotion mm-hmm. and feel even more overwhelmed. But I also feel like it's important to be real with them and say, this is hard for me. And I can understand that it's hard for you too. And that those events were really hard for me. And it's always really hard. But the kids in that school are the same age as the ones in my classroom. So there was just a lot of emotion about that. And we have those kinds of things as parents. And, you know, now I've got really young grandchildren and I'm going, my my feelings for protecting my grandchildren are way more intense than I anticipated. And so you think about those things. So you want to be prepared so that they're not overwhelmed. And yet that whole thing about being real with them. And one of the reasons why I wanted to be prepared was sometimes they'll ask at a random moment. Mm. And I want to be ready, even if I just say to them, you know what, I'm driving right now, but when we get home, we can talk about this mm. so that they know that no matter what else, no matter if they see that emotion in me, it's natural, but I'm still going to be their mom. Or if I'm in front of my class, I'm still going to be their teacher yeah. and we'll talk about it together. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, you've really laid out well. Um, I, I want to, so we're all sitting here, those of you that are listening, and we all have tears in our eyes after Linda got done talking, so it's taking me a minute to, to get my next question. 
Um, so, Linda, uh, if you could say anything to parents about what they expose, what we as parents sometimes expose our kids to. Like if you, if you could just say, hey, please, parents, hold on to this, what would it be? I think I would say be intentional. Um, we, we protect our parent, our kids, but we don't bury them away from everything. Mm-hmm. They need to be, be able to feel what they feel and talk about what they feel. Mm-hmm. But to be aware, and I think even with older kids, watch with them when they're watching the news. Yes. Don't just let it run. Um, be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in wrapping up, um, this is a very uh, tough area. But let's say we've had a conversation. Um, we've talked with our child about it. Um, we've prayed about it. And it comes time to go to school the next day. And our, our child's showing some anxiety, some fear. Um, maybe parents are anxious and fearful. Um, how, do we, how do we do the next day and, and drop our kids off at school, at daycare, at a friend's birthday party? How do we do it? I remind them and encourage them about all the safety that's in place for them so that they know that when they come into school that it's the same as every day because every day at school our doors are locked and every day at school nobody is allowed in the building and all those things. And I even reminded, uh, remind my class, you know, like when you go out the door, there's a reason why you have to tell me when you see your parent and you can't leave me until you see your parent. Because until then, I've got you. And I think that the way to go forward is to go forward with assurance to them of all the ways that protection is there for them. And it is every day. Now, if I'm a parent and I'm anxious because um, I, I can't, I, I would guess a lot of parents are dealing with us themselves. Is it okay to approach a teacher and say, I, I just need to know it's okay? Like, is there are pieces in place, right? I just want to touch base with you. Is that okay to do as a parent? I think that's great to do that. I think, I think as a school and as teachers, we want our parents to feel safe dropping off their kids. That's what I wanted to feel. That's what I wanted to be for my grandkids. And I would want those assurances, and I am ready to offer them to the kids and to the parents. And the power of praying with your child for safety, for their teacher, for their class, for their school. That's a, that's a great way also to let them know um, that they have something they can do with all of this angst. It's, it's to give it to God. He's got them. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Janae, you okay? Yeah. I think it's overwhelming for me, like, not being a parent. Like, I don't even know all of the big emotions that come around it. But just as a teacher, I know you think about how am I going to protect these children? What am I going to do? Like, as preparing like what am I going to do to make it not you know if we are doing locked round drills to practice for these things like how do I make it so that it's a game and not a scary situation because we want them to know what to do in case of emergency but we never want it to be an emergency that we have to put into practice and so how do we make it fun so that it's not scary but that it is a teaching moment. Mm-hmm. And, 
but then as you do it as a teacher, like, it's like, I would lay down my life for these kids. Like I would put myself in front of a bus and that's just hard to think about when you're going into any situation and that's kind of my hard feelings, but it's also like, I know it's not the same because like, I don't have those kids, but I do have kids that are close to my heart. Yeah. Well, your love for them is real. Yes. Whether a parent or not, it's real and it's deep. Yes. Yes. And we've, we've heard that not only in Uvalde, but in other locations where teachers loved those children well Mm -hmm. and, and were Christ-like to them by putting themselves in front of their children, um, their classes. And, um, I think, uh, one of the things that we touched on was the piece of prayer. And I, I remember, uh, Uh, Pastor Hiller saying, um, you know, sometimes in the midst of grief, we think of grief in the moment. We think of grief a week later or maybe a month later. But um, what Evaldi and other Columbine still even, there's still grief that, that people are walking through and we can still pray for them. We can pray for those kids next year. They'll be going back to school. Um, we can pray for uh, the leaders, the administrators, the teachers, the, the families, and to continue to remember them in prayer and, um, and, and our own educators and our own schools to continue just to raise them up in prayer and ask God to watch over. Yeah. Wow. So the table isn't always clean, right? Sometimes the table's messy. And I, I love that we're not afraid to, to take on some harder topics. Um, and, and maybe you've got some other questions out there. Maybe this is a, a, a conversation that we want to continue or maybe do again before the school year um, as our kids start going back to school. So, Linda, we might actually have you back with us. Um, you did a great job, and we really appreciate it. But um, there's always a seat at the table for you. Um, again, I'm Donna Patton and with Janae Seabarth and Linda Paulus, and we really appreciate you pulling up a chair and joining us, and we look forward to more discussions in the days ahead. God bless and have a great week.